Welcome to episode 18 of the Wartad Podcast with Alex. And Carlos. Look at you, man. You got it. You nailed it. This is like every week. Uh, in, hey, in it, show, it, man. like I you, was man? telling you earlier, I was just telling you, it, it wouldn't it be normal if I didn't butcher the first one. That's true. So yeah, we had to do a take two, yeah, you know, always. Take two. An occasional three, right? An occa- no, How's it I'm going, doing, man? I, I see you dressed not, up today. Yeah, we had an important meeting, close to deal. So that's that's always a positive. You gotta dress a little bit nicer, you know. So I wanna, so yeah. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. No, I appreciate I'm it. I'm clapping. It. I'm clapping for you. You know why? Because you need a congratulatory uh, uh, moment of appreciation to say, "Keep it up, man. Keep that hustle going. Mm-hmm. Close those deals. You do you, boo boo, and make that money." <laughs> that, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, for, when you close those. For sure. You need to so celebrate been, with one another. You broke up a little bit, but yeah, no, for sure. You got to celebrate. Nah, it was, it was, it was good. It's good. It's, it's another one. Like I was telling you earlier, another one for the book. So just got to keep on with it. But yeah, no, excited man, that we, we close a, a very important deal. And then forget about the deal It's more about the customer, the relationship yep. and the potential yep. of the growth of, you know, of more deals with that customer, potentially other properties. No, absolutely. Absolutely, Alex. And, you know, when uh, we're talking about these, uh, you know, closing deals and what these numbers look like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition that conversation mm-hmm. into the first topic. This is, I think we're starting off a little interesting today because mm-hmm. we're actually looking at, uh, this is something for the ladies that are listening. Uh, we have we have learned through the analytics of uh, our podcast that 50% of our listeners are ladies. So ladies, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. So we're we're gonna we're gonna start off with a little bit of a uh, of a little bit of a subject or a topic that might be interesting to you, gentlemen. Uh, give us a minute. We'll get there. But uh, let's talk about this. The guys may well, like no. This is this well, this is for guys too, especially if you're if you're trying to look for a deal. You know, so some people don't want to buy brand new. Or they can maybe they can't afford a full uh, a full new purse right and yeah, what are we talking yeah. about carlos we're, i'm we're talking, talking about, about louis vuittons i'm talking about mm. chanel i'm talking about ysl i'm talking about fendi i'm talking about all these brands these handbags these purses these these side purses these uh help me out here alex uh uh satchels uh. satchels yes satchels <laughs> I mean, we can get but, into detail on the Louis no, but, Vuitton. We can talk about what the I was talking cool. about. We can talk about the monogram, the Daimler. But what are we exactly are we going into here, Alex? So, so what we're talking about, even for guys or even for girls, right? That that are looking for a good deal, or they're trying to buy a maybe one off of, of someone they know, or they search and someone's got a good deal on one. How do you? How did I get taken for a fool, right? Um, in basically what this means is you got real and then you got fake. Now, now that everyone's starting to do buy fakes and you're trying to see them everywhere, there's some out there, some people out there that actually know how to do them really good. Man, so you don't, they're they're really good, Carlos. You've seen some of them, and they're just like, but how do you get not taken advantage of? And basically, we're gonna touch a couple of little uh, spots. And one of the things that I was I was looking is, I don't know if you know this, Carlos, but the the Louis. I mean, I'm sure you do because you're also into it a lot, but. Uh, <laughs> 
the the it's made out of one cannabis, right? One piece yeah, of leather. They they one use like very right. yeah, they use very um high-end leather. And this is specifically to Louis, right? You're talking about a Louis Vuitton. Yeah, we're, we're gonna talk about the classic monogram today. placement. Correct. And it's basically one whole whole uh piece of leather, and you can follow it. So the other side's gonna have the LV reverse. Another thing that right. you know the people can spot in, and I, we could probably you probably could pull one up too. Uh, basically, if you start off the monogram, like say on the left, and it's like the half circle, for example, if it's cut off, and you follow the pattern all the way, it's gonna end in the exact same position, cut off. Because it's one if, piece. Yeah, correct. And they basically make it symmetrical. So, like, if you're looking at a piece and it starts here, it's gonna end there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Th th that's one of the things people can look at. Make sure, of course, the leather is going to feel softer. It's Always. not going to feel that, you know, that hard leather Big. feel. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, it, and it looks correct. And the one thing that I always notice is the vachetta, right? It's the um the the leather that's when you buy a brand new, it, it looks very tan looking, very nice and clean. But over time, it gets a little darker. It ages with time. And that's how one key thing because fakes, they normally always stay that nice rich tan color. Yep. Or yep. they're dark like a fake age, and they never change color. Um, a real Louis over time it changes because that's an actual real piece that ages with time. Yeah, it ages with time, and it ages very well. You can get some vintage pieces if you wanted to do that. You can go straight to the Louis Vuitton store, get it brand new. But, you know, the reason I wanted to bring this up, it wasn't just for the ladies and content and what's going on. Alex, What I why I wanted to bring this is because the black market, man. Listen, I, I tend to do my share of traveling. And mm -hmm. it's actually funny when you meet these street vendors and they're trying to sell you something and they'll say, oh, Louis Vuitton for the young lady, right? You know, they're trying to sell it to you. I don't know what that accent was but just roll with me here. Uh, they'll mm -hmm. try to sell it and they'll talk about, you know, there's tags. Look, look at the tags. Look at the tags. Yeah. The reality is there's no tags, right? There's no tags. Uh, if anything, there is a tag inside the purse, which is a code. That code is connected to a month that it was made in and a year that it was made in. So it's actually, on how it's, it's actually points, imprinted. Yeah. I was going to say, no, it's actually imprinted in the, in the bag and the inside and the tab. Sometimes, yep, in the it's, sometimes it's hidden. Yeah, sometimes it's hidden. You can tell by the how deep, how because everything's uniform and it's the same kind of depth on there, and, and just like you were touching. But I, what I've seen is like street vendors and stuff like that. Uh, they said it's like, oh look, it's got a certification of authenticity, <laughs> and it's the real thing. You know, the real ones don't have that. They just you know, like you said, they have they have maybe like the name of the of the bag and they uh -huh. have like the 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 price or something or it's inside, but they're never gonna have a certification that it's real. They don't do but that. They, listen, man, they're very good. And if you don't know, here's the thing: if you don't know those things, right? As a guy, you're looking for a purse, right? And if oh, you correct. don't do your homework, somebody's gonna sell you a knockoff, right? And if you're if they're smart enough to sell it to you. You're going to pay half price for a knockoff, which could run you between what, seven to $1,200, depending mm -hmm. on what you're buying, right? I mean, there's 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 some greater uh, amount. You and know, the thing, there's and, and there's and some expensive the bags know, for sure out I was going to say, what I was just going to say, Carlos, is, is let's just say a bag is, say just a, this particular bag is $1,200. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And someone's got it, and someone's got it for $850. People got to understand that 
that these with the time and the year, they tend to go up, not down. No, they the, do the, not go down. That's right. That's so right. if you're noticing like a deal and you say, well, normally this one's 1400 and they're selling it for 750 <laughs> that's red flag number Wake one, up. right? If it's not <laughs> well, someone check it out, you, it could be ripped. It could have some damages. It could have some wear. That's a different story, right? Well, you know, and another thing is to look at the stitching. We didn't even mention the stitching, but they're very particular about the stitching. They they make sure that it's nice and 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 heavy. There's no like strings falling off. You're never gonna see that. Check the and handles. The, little, the handles. There's five five indentions of stitches going across the top. It's kind of like shoes. You got to look at shoes like Nikes and the Jordans of the knockoff and the stitching. Same thing with these. Of course, some of them have fake uh, gold on them when Louis uses real gold plated or brass. Um, so that's one thing to look at. It doesn't tarnish, of course. Yeah. So you know, um, the reason I wanted to bring this up and I was mentioning this earlier is because the black market right now, and this is a business piece, guys, is the black market is so saturated that in 2019, Black market sales of purses, whether it's Chanel, whether it's LV, we you were looking at seven hundred million. I'll say That's that again: seven hundred million dollars. That is almost a billion dollar industry within the black market of purchasing something that's considered a replica. Right? That's a huge markup. Uh, uh, for those that are looking into the black market and are trying to sell that, you know, could be purchasing it at incredibly low numbers, then flipping it for maybe three, four, five, 600%. And it's a replica. But another piece that I wanted to bring up, Alex, I don't know if you're aware of this, but recently in 2021, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and YSL, uh, I don't think the Fendi brand got a little bit of that. I know the Balenciaga did. Uh, you know, they and they encountered a two to five percent increase. Did you hear about that? Um, not the two percent increase. I couldn't see why. I mean, a lot of people were were but man, the lines were like super long in the in the LV store, man. They were like super long as well. And there was people in there. I mean, it was crazy down in, in Atlanta, down on one of the main stores. The lines were way out the line. I mean, there was just people yeah. coming in and going, I can see why the numbers were up. Oh, of course, of course. Then after you finish shopping at the LV, you just go across the street to Phipps and buy something at Tiffany just for the sake of it, man. Just to complete the package, mm -hmm. right, Alex? Uh, so, you know, I wanted to bring that up, Alex, because, you know, there's, and it wasn't, this wasn't a, a piece for content for everyone on how to spot specifically just the bag that had some problems, but also bring in the finance piece where, look, you got it, one, you got to watch out what you're buying, right? Ladies, that includes yourselves uh, because there's some guys out there that are walking these streets and are looking at your bag and saying, oh, you got a fake, you know, we can tell, right? Uh, as guys, we can tell, but not only only that it is incredible what has taken place uh, in the black market when it comes to these replicas, man, and how identical and how incredibly good these guys are becoming at looking at those details and reading these articles and watching these videos, right, to really figure out what Louis Vuitton or what Chanel is doing so they can copy, right, and they can duplicate because the better the bag, the better the quality the higher the price. Does that make sense? Yeah, but yeah, but you, you know what? One thing is they're never going to be able to match because 
one is concentrating in quality versus the other one's also concentrating on numbers, right? Of They're course, trying to just do the how fast they can get these bags out there that look identical, identical yeah. and still make a profit. So you're, there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies from from uh, the real ones just because the the real ones, like we said, the craftsmanship is extra versus, you know, the other ones are kind of just going and boom. Now, do you know, are, are you aware, Alex? I don't know if me and you had this conversation at one point, or maybe I might have said this on the show, but do you know the Louis Vuitton business model? Do you know about their business model? You mean about like when they saturate the market, they pull them out and they yeah, get they rid of make them? A, yeah. yeah, in order for them to remain competitive, number one, right? In order for yeah. them to keep Sorry. their value, in order to avoid depreciation, they have a set number, right? They have a set number of model of a bag that they will push out, that they will uh, uh, disperse uh, throughout the world, throughout the country, and they will ship out a certain number. And once they hit that goal, they're done. I don't know if you've ever been on the website. If you get on their website and you're looking for a specific bag, especially the Speedy, man, that Speedy is so popular. But if you get on there and you're looking for one, you will find that a lot of them are out of stock. And some people think they're going to come back. They won't come back because they've got to make sure that they retain the value of not only the brand, but the bag itself. So, you know, when it comes to these economics and you're looking at these bags and and I know the government is pushing money out and people are going to these stores to buy these high-end luxury bags, I'm going to say to you, think about the depreciation, right? Think about the increase that had just occurred, right? That two to 5%, whether you're looking at Chanel, whether you're looking at LV, uh, whatever the case may be at the end of the day, guys, you got to keep in mind that there's two different markets, right? There's two different markets. Which way are you going to go? And the way I see it is if you can't afford a real one, listen, if you can't afford two, as I've always said, then you can't afford it. So be careful what you're wearing, ladies. Be careful what your but man you is really, behind you. You know We're what? Like you up, guys, if you're listening now. What some, was that, sometimes Alex? if I was going to say, if you really want one, sometimes in, in, in you really want to splurge in yourself, there's nothing really wrong with that. I, like there's, there's some implications and and you should really watch what you're doing. Yeah, right. But I believe that if you if you really want one, like it, don't buy a fake one just to try to sport one. I would save right. more money right. and actually buy the real one instead of somebody looking at it because you can spot them. You can really tell. We can spot and them, and we're guys. <laughs> yeah, especially women that that actually have the real that ones and they have a right. couple of them. They know exactly. You can even see them from far away. You, sometimes you don't even have to examine them because just the way they move or just the natural, uh, like Carlos, like you've seen them, right? Like, cause you, you actually, your wife owns and some and, and stuff. You can see how the leather is more smooth. So sometimes from a distance, you can spot somebody and it looks kind of, like I said, that hard leather style. And you can immediately tell that they're fake. And another thing that gives it away is like I said, is the Vachetta um, leather. Uh-huh, that uh-huh. um you can really tell what the, that they're fake so i would just say if you if you don't want to be one of those people just maybe save save a little bit more save a couple couple of presents be like hey give me some money i want to buy me something special uh-huh. so uh-huh. 
No, I listen, Alex, I, I, I look at these things. And for me, like I've always told you, I, I tend to, I look at uh, certain things that are coming out, certain things that are said, but I always think about the economics, right? I always think about mm-hmm. the finance part, especially when it comes to personal finances or just the market market share. Uh, but, you know, speaking of market share and speaking of market highlights, did you recently catch uh, the highlights that came out in uh, Warren Buffett's letter? to the shareholders for 2021. Have you, have you caught any of that, Alex? Well, we, we, um, yeah, we looked a little bit and I think we talked a little bit off air about it. Um, you know, Warren Buffett is the goat. We've, yeah. We've said it before. He's, he's Matt. the man, he's the man with strategy. He, he doesn't believe in, in going out there and just trying every type of strategy or trying to follow these trends of people putting money into something and then see if you hit it or not, because then what does that consider You're gambling in the stock market versus the way he's, he, he's saying those people are not investors. That's his philosophy, right? He's saying like, they're not investors. I think the people that are, you're one investing in the value of the right companies, you're investing long-term you're building. That's the investor and he believes in in those companies. And yeah, I saw the ten highlights of the, of the newsletter. But go go ahead and and we can talk about a couple of these spots that are really good. We got to fly through them because they're a lot, man. They really yeah, they're are, a lot. They're a lot. And we're not going to go through the full exhaustive list. But number one is we talked about this uh, in the past couple of weeks, and this is where I I read from that that it made a whole lot of sense. After I did my research, I read what Warren said. I did some research, and it made total sense, man. Uh, the first one he talked about to his shareholders is that you need to buy and hold. Uh, when it comes to buying and holding U.S. stocks that don't buy any bonds right now uh, and focus on private equity, right? Rebalance your, your portfolio and drop your bond hold, right? Drop it down, increase in private equity and focus that way. Because, I mean, honestly, right now, the, the government is not increasing any rates. They're not really making money on these bills, uh, uh, on these notes, of course. So, again, uh, rebalancing the portfolio was huge. Uh, and, and I guess I think what I'm going to do, Alex, Alex has hit the big ones for me. Uh, He talked about his four, right? He talked about his four valuable businesses uh, within Berkshire Hathaway is the insurance, right? And if you, and watch this, I'm going to call all four out, Alex. And then when I call all four, you're going to realize, okay, it makes a lot of sense. The first one he focused on was property and casualty insurance. The second one he talked about was the railroad. The third one was Apple. And then fourth uh, was uh, the energy approach that Berkshire's. Why does he focus on these four? He's not saying this, but I could tell you why, because they're sustainable right? Mm-hmm. Insurance didn't go anywhere, right? They, nope. No one, it didn't go anywhere during the pandemic, right? No. It was pandemic proof. Uh, the railroad, did that close down? Absolutely not. That was pandemic proof. Apple, did that close down? Absolutely not. That was pandemic proof. Uh, energy, right? When it comes to energy, when it comes to solar, when it comes to all that he's doing, and, and he's actually, he's in some point, at some place, he's actually uh, involving utilities for some cities, man. Is that going anywhere? Absolutely not. So all of these are sustainable if you really look at those alex i mean if you if you think about it dude the energy sector in and this is one thing to look out for guys if you guys are trying to invest in the electric market of vehicles it's on the rise i think two to three years from now you would see that a lot of these companies are are, ge announced i think they're going to try to go all electric vehicles they're of the new you know the new models coming out there's a lot of companies that are they're seeing what Tesla's doing and where it's going. 
and they're starting to heavily invest in like Volkswagen is another one. You got Ford doing it and you got because over a long time, a long time period, it costs you an average of four cents a mile versus uh, 53 cents per gallon of mile, uh, per mile. Right. So sure. what it's doing is you and of course, you don't have oil changes. You don't have any of that stuff. You do have a, maybe the battery issue, and I don't know how they're, we're going to overcome that issue later down the road. But what I'm trying to say is, going back to his, the energy sector, it's, it's going to get boosted because a lot of people are going to be consuming more energy uh, because of the cars. So it's very interesting. And look, don't just look at the companies that are, I was going to say, don't, don't look at the companies that are basically just the car manufacturers. Yeah, you got to look at the companies behind the car manufacturer that are supplying because you would be surprised how much money you could probably make investing in the companies that are are providing some of these other components to to make the cars work. Of course, of course, of course. And I didn't want to, I don't want to change the subject from from the newsletter, but I think that's why it's important to note that uh, Berkshire Hathaway, yeah, Hathaway is uh, energy is. He's invested more money. He's actually went back and bought more. I think five percent of repurchasing of shares uh, in twenty twenty. Nine exactly. million. Nine billion dollars. Yeah. No, isn't it twenty four point seven billion or something? I thought I Is saw. Oh no, 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 that was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, for for yep. sure. Yeah. So you, you're talking about a quarter. I'm talking Nuts. about just an overall. Is twenty four point seven? They spent on rebuying five percent of the shares, outstanding shares out there. So, so why does that matter? And we'll talk a little. Actually, let's go ahead and break it down now. Why is it important when a company buys back their shares, Alex? That means they believe in their company. That's the uh-huh. number uh-huh. one thing that sticks out to That's me. Right. That's because right. if you if you don't believe in your company. Then why would I want to like? No, I'm trying to sell a couple more, right? You just right, keep right. control. Kind of like the company, we talked about Amazon, yeah. right? Why did he sell all that? Something was brewing, right? Well, the, he's got a different. Uh, he's got a different uh-huh, motive, uh-huh, right? He's true, uh-huh. trying to create that his space or rocket that's program right, that's right, that's right. that we we talked about. This in particular, when the company buys back their own shares, is one they're trying to make the company more stronger. They're trying to their regain value's leadership. Gone up. Yeah. The sure. value is going up. They believe in the company is going to be more successful. Get bigger earnings. Yep. yep. Bigger earnings. So all that's very important when you're noticing a CEO buying back uh, shares and in the, in the, his own company. Yeah. Yeah. Now, listen, this isn't very sexy. I guess I can use that word. The last one that he talks about is uh, one that's very interesting to me that really sticks out to me. And you guys are probably wondering what that is. What sticks out to me is the last one, number 10, where he acknowledges, here's the thing. He acknowledges, he actually recognizes and says this publicly that he acknowledges that he made a big mistake in paying too much for precision cast parts in 2016 which resulted in a write-off of $9.8 billion. So he bought, I mean, we can tell that it was probably uh, metals, mm-hmm. right? Definitely a metals company. I, I haven't researched Precision, to be honest with you. I don't know exactly what Precision does, but what I can say is that he actually acknowledged this in a letter to his shareholders to say, hey, we recognize we messed up. We recognize that we wrote off $9.8 billion, and we're probably not going to be doing that anymore. So I'm very, listen, when, when it comes to the GOAT, 
I, I, I look at the whole picture, right? I look at the whole gamut. I look at everything that a CEO or a company does. And for somebody of this stature, of somebody with this level of influence to put in their shareholders letter to say, hey, here's all the good stuff we've done. Here's some of the positions that we've got. Oh, and by the way, we also messed up and we want to acknowledge that. Dude, that's big. So, so check this out too. One, one that sticks out to me is, is he praised Apple's uh, basically share buyback that they also increased their stake from 5.2 to 5.4, which is an yeah. Apple investment worth of 120 billion at the year end. You know, he explains to the shareholders the benefit of of buying back both Apple and his own shares, uh, Berkshire, right? Uh, yeah. the, he he expressed the importance of buying back because they're both strong basically companies that are not going anywhere just like you mentioned that they're recession proof and oh and not even that they're just strong companies that are not going anywhere no 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 so no, that's no, no. important to know that if he's buying into apple is i i hold apple personally and i'm and you know i don't see it going anywhere i i'm buying more as i go here and yeah. slowly building more and more and more in my portfolio so just keep that in mind, guys. So I'm telling you, look, this the, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, I mean, look, he owns Fruit of Balloon. I told you earlier, Alex, he owns the Tidy Whities, bro. He's owned Tidy Whities since forever, right? The Tantaratans, forever, yeah. right? The the, the Superman, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tantaratans, yeah. right? Those, he has owned those since day one. So if I wore the Tantaratans as a kid, they've been around for years. So you know, he focuses mm -hmm. on long-term, he focuses on holding companies, and he focuses That's on his strategy. perfecting the model. That's a strategy. Look, you, no one, look, no one buys Tantaratans, right? Tidy whities anymore, unless, you know, you, you're, you're up there. But you buy the shirts. But you buy the shirts. That's right. And you buy yeah. the and I buy I buy the boxers. I buy the fruit of balloon boxers, man. Not the Hanes, uh, but the fruit of balloons. Sometimes there's some good things they've got going on. There's some other things here and there. But listen, they that is his strategy. That is that is his goal. And at the end of the day, when he racks it in, I mean, I'd I'd wear a pair of them just to say I believe in it this much. You know what I mean? So I, no, I would be sure. all for it, man. But you know, speaking for of stocks, sure. doing research on stocks, and, and I think this will be part two. Yeah, man. Is that where you were going? Yeah, man, I was going there because I, 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 you know, talk. Okay, so talking about Berkshire and talking about Warren Buffett, it gets us into the piece of, you know, how do I buy a stock? We talked about this the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. What am I looking for in a stock? And we shared with you two specific items, right? We wanted you to determine what you're going to invest, meaning how much you're going to invest into the market and what you're going to invest in. Well, today we're going to look at a couple more. And the first one I want to talk about is examining those company reports. What I just Carlos, talked about- Carlos, before, the, before you jump into it, I just want yeah. to say, we also talked about- opening your account. We talked about a couple companies that you can go in. Guys, yeah. if you haven't done yeah. it, I really encourage you to go open one. And like, like I said, uh, go open. Yeah, just go ahead and don't wait till you have a thousand. I know Carlos yeah. wanted you to have a thousand, but do just it. start buying stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, just do it. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done it already, oh, go dear. ahead, go open up the account. Don't be scared. Do it. Yeah, go man. ahead, Carlos. And not only that, here's the thing. 
we we talked about Warren and in these this letter that he writes to his shareholders, he's basically saying, look, let me tell you about the company report, right? So what we want to talk about today is a couple of them. And one of those is examining the company reports. When we talk about examining comp a, a company and looking at their reports, I want you to look at what are their revenue streams, right? What are their income sources? What is it that's bringing cash into the business? I don't want you to look at what they're spending on. No, 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 no. Focus on what's coming in because then you'll be able to see what's driving the revenue, right? We talked about Apple last week. Hey, Apple, what, what makes most of their money? The phone, right? If you break down the company's revenue and you look at their revenue models and you look at their revenue streams, you'll see that their phones is what makes their cash. So in their company reports, look at their company reports. They're public. They can be seen. You can even yeah. log on and, and watch the company updates, right? Uh, you can watch live say, shareholder meetings. Yeah, man. No, yeah, for, for sure. What they tell you is how they make how they make the money what risk the business is facing that's right and the company's trajectory like you just like what you were pointing going, out where they're going yeah it, it, correct and dude and like you said they're the their 10k filings and their annual to the sec like just like you were mentioning they're they're public most of them i actually got a couple letters from you know from i'm I almost didn't, you know you it's like you get it you, their ducks in a row yeah you got annual reports that tell you like you know what the shareholders are doing this is one from Valve that they send me to to see, you know, how, how do these people are there? Who's it going to be the third party audit? I got That's a big right. old right. one back there from Apple that they sent, and it's, it's all that. Who is it? Who? What's the independent third party that's doing the audits? What are right. they doing? How much uh, commission or bonuses they're getting? You can see what you know what the source of the income, all that good stuff, man. I, I encourage you guys to look into them and look at the risks. I'm going to say as great as a company may be in bringing cash in, guys, look at the risks, right? Evaluate. Do they have a crazy CEO, right? When it comes to their research and development, their R&D, are they overspending? You know, what's their next, what's their future look like, right? What's their 10-year strategic plan look like? Think about those company risks and, and really evaluate is there potential for my money to be, you know, honestly, either made or, or lost, right? So again, consider those potential risks uh, that, that those reports may mention or may not mention, but always think about those things. Think about the competitors, right? Think about market saturation. Think about how quickly that ROI is taking place when someone evaluates a specific product. So look at those items for sure. Uh, Alex, I know you wanted to talk about reviewing the financials, which are incredibly helpful uh, for sure, right? Yeah, so so reviewing the financials, you could see like their net income. It, you know, basically that what that does, it tells you what the company's net income is in their profitability. What they're what taking they're doing. home, right? Right. Yeah. What's their gross earn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, correct. So you're minusing expenses, uh, taxes, investments, and so on. It it basically tells you what the company is gain or loss at the at the end of the year. And with the financial reviews, what the, you know, what the PE ratio is, which is a uh, price to earnings. So yeah. they can, it yeah, can yeah. tells you measures the company's like current shares against what, you know, per share earning is. Basically they, what's owned by the public and how mm -hmm. much do we own as a company, right? Uh, what, the, what do those numbers look like? 
uh, because that's going to evaluate and give you how much a company you can make off of a company, depending on how much is out there for sure. Sorry, Alex. Thank you. Sure. I didn't mean no, anything. no, you're fine. You're fine. That's, that's good stuff. And then basically their return on equity is um, it's just another important to measure how the company financially is doing. If it's a company that looks like they're in the right trajectory or if maybe you want to avoid that company that that's, I mean, I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that one, Carlos. On the returning on the equity. Listen, you, at the end of the day, if you break that down, what am I getting in return when I invest in this company, right? Evaluate those numbers. Usually you can see that in the snapshot. Anytime you look up a ticker, you can see what the return on the equity is going to be. You can look at what your earnings look like. You can look at what price to earnings look like as far as the ratios are concerned. I mean, it, it'll give you a breakdown of the dividends, uh, whether that happens on an annual basis, on a monthly basis. It'll break those details down, but you got to know that if you're going to invest, don't just focus on the ticker value and what it's gone up by, right? Also look at the bottom piece, right? The snapshot that gives you the details on the return on the equity itself. And then the last one, you kind of already mentioned the, the last one for this segment of uh, this show, and then we'll continue with the rest ones for the next one, yeah. is uh, you, you talked about the how crazy a le- the leadership is. And we've mentioned before how some particular leaders of a company can say certain things that are drive up their stock or drive it down. And yeah. you want to take a look at that. So you, it's important to look at the, liter- uh, the leadership. And for sure. it's not always about what they say. You know, it's about their actions as well, because sometimes you got CEOs that are not that uh, outspoken. But what what happens is they have different things that are raised red flags. They have different policies that maybe are not evolved or maybe they haven't evolved in today's world and how the world views. And maybe they're stuck in this antiquated thought process that is driving the company down because They're not hip. They're not into the new stuff, right? So they can potentially make the company not successful. And those are things that I think we need. I would look into is like who the CEO is, what the leadership says, where are they going, and and base it off of that. So not just you got to look at all those things that we mentioned before to know. Hey, do I really want to invest in this company? And if the answer is yes, then go for it. If the answer is no or I'm not too sure, maybe do a little bit more research or hold off on buying that particular share. No, absolutely, Alex. I, I, I would say that anytime you invest, these items that were given to you, look, there's more out there. Honestly, there's more out there. But I believe that these specific items of conversation are incredibly valuable when you're about to invest into the market, man. Uh, I'm all about it. I, I think about it all the time. And 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 when you look at value, man, there is this guy. I don't know about you, Alex. Uh, there's are you? I think you you told me you spend more time on Hulu, or is it you spend more time on Netflix? Which one is it? No, I mean I actually on? spend a little bit more time on HBO on HBO Max, but um, the, okay, the between moments- Netflix and Hulu. Who do you spend? Well, no, here, here, I, I was just going to say the amount of time that I have to actually sit down and, and watch TV for a little yeah. bit, the, the, it, it's, I try to bounce honestly between all of them. I, yeah. I, I get Disney plus yeah. basically Netflix, Hulu, Hulu is not really my, my go-to just because they don't really have a lot of movies and uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. really, there's so many shows out there that are probably good. Uh-huh. But I can't dedicate myself to go into a show, 
because there's so many seasons or and, and you know and i want to know a story so i try to look for movies where i can just yeah. an hour and a half and i'm done but well, let me let me tell you about this. let me tell you about this one this i need you to go to hulu i well actually uh for those of you that are netflix fans uh and not hbo max uh unlike somebody on in this call uh mm-hmm. <laughs> uh when it comes to uh looking at or watching look i try not to watch too much tv but i like to watch good tv good drama yeah uh, good writing so, uh, i love good writing i'll tell you right now on netflix i'm watching startup have you seen that alex it's advertising oh i did I, I did see it. I read. I read a little bit about the. So good. Is so it good? Fire. It's so fire. It really it's is. It's about man. a. It's really I good. saw a little bit. Basically, it's about a F, no, an ex DEA or a uh-huh. federal agent or something federal with agent. a drug yeah, yeah, yeah. dealer and some other uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. And it's how to like look at the city. Like I just watched a, bit, a little bit of the, the trailer of how the to crazier conquer part, business. It yeah. it hits. It's gonna hit your uh your your juices, man, because it's all about crypto. Uh, this girl has written the code for cryptocurrency, and they're starting up a a a, a coin. So you definitely want to get a chance. But, but, but I'm not a talking about that today. No, but listen. Okay, no. Before you start, just to <laughs> yeah, crypto. There's a couple um, on Netflix. There's like Money Explain, um, oh, yeah, yeah, or I think or things on HBO. I don't remember now because I've been going through a couple of different ones. Yeah, and but, these are man, all finance some, related, right? Yeah, there's all finance related, but there's a couple of shows out there that are talking about cryptocurrency, what it means, what this, but go ahead. Yeah, man. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's a lot of them out there. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this one in there. This has nothing to do with finance, but the Godfather of Harlem is incredible anyway. All right. So you get on Hulu and there's this, uh, you know, we all remember the show undercover boss. You remember undercover boss? Yeah, I do remember that undercover boss was a great show. We loved it. Everybody watched it. And then it kind of like, it kind of ran its time. I think it's because everybody knew what was going to happen, right? Everybody. Usually when you watch Undercover Boss, you look for the juicy stuff now. You look at, you know, is he about to, or he or she about to explode it, and say, It's oh, more I'm about the companies. Go, I think it's right? if you're interested in the company. Bro, it's all marketing. It's all marketing. No, I know. I know. Guys. But I'm just saying, I look at it like it's, am I interested in the company? If I'm not interested in the company, then I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know I think that's a good you, point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I well, agree. Like, say, if I want to know how McDonald's is treating their actual factory employees, well, let me see what's going on because I'm trying to see something else in relationship to how the CEO or whatever. So it's it's not something that I think holds a lot of like uh, viewer attention. Yeah. I don't think it does anymore as much as it did mm-hmm. in the beginning for sure. Uh, and I think that's what happens nowadays is a lot of people do what you do, Alex, right? They'll look at it. Oh, I don't really know that company or I know that company, but it's lame. I don't really want to watch it. Right. But it, you could actually learn some things. You can learn some things from, from a lot of things, especially even Shark Tank. You can learn some things, but there is this show yeah, on I'm Hulu. Sure. Let me get to it. Let me get to it. I'm sorry. There's a show on Hulu, man. There's only one season. I don't think it was very popular to be honest with you. And I think it's because, I don't know. I think it's because they took that the phrasing of undercover, right? And we're like, ah, people are like, ah, I don't want to do that. This one's called Undercover Billionaire. It's this random guy who is a billionaire. Honestly, you look Mm -hmm. him up. He really is a billionaire if you look him up today. And he starts with $100. And he's sleeping in his, the, the guy even got cancer after the show, bro. 
or before the show, he had just finished getting cancer treatment. It was a mess. Um, but he starts off with a hundred dollars. Now look, it's TV, right? You have to ask yourself how much of this is real, how much of this is not real. But everything you got me on the edge get, here. You got listen, me on the edge. So, everything you get, bro, is raw. It is so raw, it is so not edited, and you can see how raw it is, how the and and basically prove something. And this is what I'm gonna say to every one of you, and, and this is something that I such a great point that the American dream is alive. Homeboy goes to North America, of course, the United States, but he goes North. He goes towards Michigan, right? Where the steel business has impacted the community like Detroit. You know, it's like that area where it's really suffered, right? Those type of towns that have struggled, that have gone through the Great Depression and just couldn't bounce back, right? It was not your tech companies that were moving in, right? It was, it mm -hmm. was hardcore manufacturing that, you know, steel, steel is made in the United States states and that's the way it is right that kind of approach coal mining those those blue collar jobs right so he goes into the and and he said people asked him at the end so why why did you choose i think it was michigan why did you choose michigan he said i don't know i just felt like we could probably pull it off i don't know it was a challenge i'm sure and it was but he starts off with a hundred dollars man starts off with a hundred dollars in a truck now he needs a car to get around in. So that wasn't a hundred bucks, right? Right off the bat, you're like, okay, you didn't start with a hundred bucks because that truck is, it looks like it was worth a thousand or 1500, but it's one of these uh, heavy duty okay, trucks. So, so he's got a anyway, car, he's got a hundred so bucks. He's got a car, he's got a hundred bucks. And his goal is at the end of the season, check this out. At the end of the season, he will have a million dollar business. And he starts off with a hundred dollars. And I love where they took it because we've talked about so many of those components of building a business on this show that you get into relationships. A lot of it is relationship building, guys. Uh, so, so money, how to flip your so money. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not going to, I'm not, uh -huh. not going to dispute that maybe he does it all legit or not. And, and I have to show, I probably have to see, a, you know, the you show. Do. Yeah. Or whatever. But here's here's the thing that I, I want to remind people. It's not that you can't start a company with a hundred dollars. He's got something way more valuable than a hundred dollars, Carlos. It's all in his mind. It's all it's in bit, his mind, guys. Yeah. Remember, he's a billionaire for a reason. That's he's right. already he already all that know-how. If you took away all this is what it shows for his mindset. If you take away his billion dollars, if you took away you, everything, if they bounce, you back. Get, they can bounce back because they know the strategy. That's they right. know the mindset. They know. That's right. And that's what we struggle us or us as, as people or common folk. Right. Yeah. We, we struggle with the ability that we don't have anybody that teaches us. And this is why we're, we're talking about it. And just yeah. in yeah. there's wealth of information, people way more knowledgeable than me and you. Yeah. Um, they know way more about the subject and, and they can probably teach them more than us. Right. But dude, at least you got a hundred bucks. But yeah, but you know <laughs> what, dude, at least we're talking about it. And I think right. we're trying to educate people because we're not taught that mindset here. Here's the difference that like other cultures and, and, and I know right now we got the, the Jewish community and the, the other in Palestine and all that stuff, people yeah. fighting and yeah. Yeah. Palestinians fighting. But one thing that I, I noticed is, um, dealing with 
you know, people from from that culture is the Jewish culture. Yeah, the Jewish culture is basically help each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah they help each other. Sorry. But here's yeah. another thing: they they teach their kids from a young age that everything is possible with business. It shows like, hey, this is what what their teachings are. We find out that, hey, this is what works. This is what people tend tendencies are. This yeah. is what doesn't work. This is how you make a business. And they teach their kids that way. And it's and sometimes people want to hate on that, but it's our fault for not in our school system, not teaching us the, the importance of the dollar value. That's right. How we can use it as leverage and, right. not fall, and not fall into this workforce that we're doing in this rat race of paycheck to paycheck that most of us live in, right? It's about... It's it's about teaching us, and that's what I want to emphasize. I know we got completely off topic about the show again, but, way off. But go ahead. Well, but, but dude, it's very important because his mindset, guys. It's what's important here. Can't take that not away. The not the hundred dollars. It's this mindset that he can bounce back from a hundred dollars, and I'm sure he probably made a lot of money from his business he created. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. But Carlos, man, I honestly believe if you took away this guy's knowledge. Yeah, and you gave him a million dollars, he <laughs> would probably broke. lose the million dollars. Yeah. See what I'm saying? He's got something way more valuable than money. Yeah, and this man, it's his teachings. It's his teachings that I think it's, and, I, I don't know, man. It's and listen, my, I, I, I'll tell you this. I think the reason the show resonated with me is because I kind of got it right. I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of related to it. Like, okay, I see where you're going with it. And I ran with it. And bro, he does a phenomenal job. I'm gonna have to and watch it. I'm gonna you watch gotta it. Gotta watch it. Listen, it's not a popular show, and I think it's because they used undercover billionaire versus undercover boss. And I think the undercover piece is what kind of blurred some they lines. Said, it says uh, a billion dollar, billion billion dollar comeback, or or a billion dollar goes broke. Um, something, you know, something, something differently. Yeah. yeah. Billionaire broke, you... right? Yeah. Billions gone broke. I don't know something, but I think that undercover piece threw that hole off. That I, whole I agree. And, and I'll I tell agree. you right now, the business that he built. Okay. Check this because out. Look, the business that he hold built on, hold on, hold on. is check still around out. today. Cause I go check this out. No, Damn but it. check this out, Carlos. So good. Yeah. Just to, just to give you your point. Just to give you your point is. Yeah. As soon as you you said undercover billionaire, my mind immediately went to the show of, of the undercover boss. I know it did. So, I know and, it and did. You know what, and you know I what? I know marketing, did? of course. Yeah. And it did. It was just like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now you're talking about it and it's a different, uh, it's a to totally different show. And I was like, okay, that, that's actually kind of interesting. Maybe I do want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. you said they you're on the up. edge of your seat. Yeah, they messed up on that name, man. Yeah, but if you up. give it a shot at first, I was like, OK, this is cheesy like this. OK, you know what I mean? Like, all right, see if you could really pull it off. It's 100 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that whole my father lent me a million dollars when I was young. You know, no, 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 it's a hundred dollars, man. And it, it does a fantastic job. And again, I think for me, it hit uh, a lot of you guys that are listening. You don't know the, my whole story. Uh, maybe you know part of it, maybe you don't know any of it, but I can totally relate uh, starting from nothing. Uh, yeah, he had holes in the bottom of his shoes, guys. <laughs> starting from literally nothing. And I let him borrow my doghouse at one time. 
Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? And I am I am grateful, man. And it's and, and it welcome, reaffirms, Carlos. right? I know, right? Thanks. It was a little tight, but uh, but you know what? Here's the best part. My dog appreciates your company. <laughs> the, the the best part about it is he's so right. The American dream is alive and well. And you can't tell me that it's not. They can't tell you, Alex, that it's not. Uh, you got to make your own destiny. And, and I truly believe that. Uh, you got to make it happen. You know, I, I, I involve the big guy upstairs in, in a lot of the things that I do. But you got you to gotta be the one that moves forward, right? You got to be the driving machine. You got to get behind the wheel. You got to turn the car on. You got to drive it in order for something to happen. So uh, it is a great show. So those of you that are listening, you want to learn a little bit more about business, uh, I really enjoyed the show. I want to encourage you to watch it. I know it sounded lame at first because of the wording. I know it threw me off, but once I watched it, I was hooked. And uh, I think they did a fantastic job. It's sad that they haven't done uh, the second season. Uh, and that, and again, I'll say it, the business the man built with $100 is still around today. Car- Carlos, built, um, have, have you heard? And it's yeah, not ha- recession proof. It's not pandemic proof either. It's impressive. I'm gonna, I'm so gonna, anyway, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna have to get a give it a try and, and just yeah, try to watch it slow. I, I can't promise you I could I could finish it, but I'll probably try to get like one or two episodes. Are the they first, long? An the hour first, or thirty minutes? They're about, they're about an hour, forty five minutes. The first, yeah, the see, first one starts kind of slow, but stick with it because remember they're building the plot. It's, it'll take me a minute, but I'll probably get around to it. But yeah, what man. I want to talk about is, did you get a chance to see? Um, the big banks are going to get called oh, to Congress to testify again, against uh, watching. Yes. It's so they're, they're basically, yeah, they're going to basically be talking to the committee about they've already um, done it. They today. Uh, yesterday was the last day. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little late. So fill us in then. Cause I, I like I said, I've been, I've been working too much and I haven't been able to catch, uh, you know, get caught up on, the, on a lot of well, news my, going my on. Fa- my fault is I have a, I have a television in my office. That's a problem. Cause I watch, CNBC a little bit too. Ah, uh, see, I I, I don't problem. have it. Yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah. normally I'm just concentrating answering phones. You know, and, and that's one of the things. I I do have my uh, my other monitor here that I can put in watch TV on the background. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm answering so many phone calls mm-hmm. that there's no point. There's yeah, no yeah, point yeah. to even Might start well it because off. I can. Yeah, I can't concentrate on that. I have to concentrate. Not on even on your slow days, bro. Not even on your slow days. Yeah. Man, dude, you wouldn't be surprised how busy I've been in the last three weeks. It's Man. crazy. It's crazy because it's summer. It's one of our busiest yeah, times in the summer. Everyone's gearing up because there's a lot of schools, a lot of stuff that of that are out, and people want to do build and do stuff. So, anyways, a lot of capital long story projects, short, for sure. Yeah, let us know. So fill fill me in then, because I so, I'm late on the news. So check this out, guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be very short because this this could take a while, and I I don't mm-hmm. want to bore you guys. But this week, check this out: big banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, uh, J, uh, which is J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, your big guys in the room, right? The guys that you're like, geez, that is. That is that is a level that I probably uh, would love to be at because of the things that they're doing, the things they're accomplishing, and of course, you know the way their 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 wallets are stacked. Uh, but this week, these big banks went 
of course, you know, the, the, the finance committee, let's just call it the finance committee, the finance committee of the government. So the government finance committee, these senators, uh, which they're in committees, of course, that are governmental committees, they will bring in people like the big banks and they'll hold them accountable. And they'll say, sir, you play a role, you get money from us uh, as a major bank. So you're part of this committee and you get evaluated, you get assessed and it's public. So be ready. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna break it down completely, guys. Uh, if you're interested in watching, right, Alex? I don't know if you'll be able to find this audio. It is it's out there. You just got to go in and cut it and edit. I don't know if you're able to do it if you have the time. But if you're interested in watching it like me, it's a three hour piece, right? It's three hours, uh, and I I had to catch it in sections. It's on YouTube. You just gotta type in Big Banks versus. Uh, congressional committee, congressional finance committee. And basically they're being grilled on what's going on in, in, in the pandemic and how the big banks, uh, how they reacted, how they treated the American public. So let me give you an example of how juicy this is. Now, some of you may be thinking this is so boring, Carlos. I can't believe, mm -hmm. I can't believe you watch this. I can't believe uh, this is what you do for fun. I really do. It's lame, but it's so good. I'm going to give you an example. So uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, if you guys remember uh, Elizabeth Warren, she was running for president uh, at this recent mm -hmm. running. And of course, she wasn't a finalist. She didn't make it to the end. Of course, we all know the story. Uh, and she is, of course, remains in Congress. She's a senator. And she's grilling. Like Everybody got a chance to ask these guys a question. And there's a variety of questions, and this is the best part is when they answer. Uh, you've got some CEOs that could care less. You can tell. You've got some CEOs that are very straightforward. I like Jamie Dimon with J.P. Morgan Chase. I really do. I think he's, he's probably the one that outshines everybody because he's very outspoken, very direct. Uh, really, you know, a lot of people call him the, uh, the, the, the animal of banking. And they say that once he gets out of banking, uh, the world will be a safer place. That's how bad he is. Uh, but he's good, right? He's good in business and, 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 you know, what's fair and what's not right. Yeah. You've got that dichotomy and you have to figure out, you know, how much you admire and what you don't admire, uh, from this guy. But anyway, let give me give you the story. Part. Yeah, I'm going to give you the juicy part, part, right? So Elizabeth Warren, right? Elizabeth Warren is saying, okay, uh, hello, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, the the CEO for Citibank is on there. Oh, yeah, I mentioned Citibank. Uh, she's on there, and she's a sharp lady. And she said, well, good good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Uh, let, me, let me ask some questions here. Uh, the first one's going to be, uh, so as you all may be aware, uh, us and the federal government, when the pandemic first began, uh, you all borrow money from us as the federal government. And we said to you all that we would waive any late fees from you. So any loan that you have outstanding with us, anything that where we have done business with you as a, uh, as the federal government, we will waive any fees and you don't have to worry about that. Now, my question to you uh, all of you that are here is uh, because we did that for you once the pandemic began, my question to you is how many of you did that as a bank, waived your customers overdraft fees and not charged them any overdraft fees uh, during the pandemic because people were struggling? Uh, who did that? Bro, <laughs> nobody moved, not even one. I mean, you heard crickets, bro. And she says, okay, 
All right. I kind of knew that was going to happen. Let me ask you this. Anybody want to, oh, you know what, Mr. Diamond, uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know how much money your bank made in overdraft fees during the pandemic, which we're still in, but during that time that was very crucial uh, for even your customers and the American public, do you know, are you aware? You know, I don't have that number in front of me. Uh, And she said, she says, you know what? I knew you were going to say that. So what I've done is I pulled that number, Mr. Diamond. Uh, You have made during the pandemic, you've made $1.5 billion in overdraft fees during the pandemic. Listen, Mm -hmm. Alex, I'm going to say it again. $1.5 billion in overdraft fees that people had to pay while the economy itself is suffering. Yeah, suffering, yeah. And the government waived their fees for you so you wouldn't have to pay these incredibly large numbers in fees, which you would think as a businessman, if, if I'm getting treated this way, I need to treat those under me this way, right? You could almost get biblical with it because that's a story Mm -hmm. in itself, right? They didn't do that. She goes over to Wells Fargo and she's like, now, uh, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. uh, Do you know how much you made? I'm I'm so sorry. I I do not know. I don't have those. I knew you would say that as well. Let me say this. All of you, do you want to know how much you made in a combined amount? All of you, when we brought those monies together, you made a total of almost $8 billion in overdraft fees if you brought these accounts together. $8 billion. Now, let's go back to you, Mr. Diamond. Uh, Mr. Diamond, you closed the year in a positive position for sure. And I believe this year in 2020, this past year, that was one of your best years as the CEO where you collected a very nice bonus, sir. But not only did you collect a very nice bonus, but your company closed out, I believe, uh, five, I believe five or six billion dollars in a positive position for the year. Do you know what you would have closed at? if you would have given those people back that 1.8, Mr. Diamond, you would have still closed in a positive position. You still would have hit record numbers. You still would have done incredibly well. And you chose to take advantage of people while people were hurting. Dang, bro. I felt that for that man. Here's the last Mm -hmm. one. Check this out. And this is how juicy this is, guys. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And she goes on the last question. The last question is, how about we do this? How about we do this, guys? How about right now, right here, you all, I'm going to ask you a question and you respond. It's a simple yes or no answer. Are you willing to take all that money you made from people that encountered an overdraft fee with your institution, are you willing to give it all back? Mr. Diamond, we'll start with you. No. Straight up, he said no. Mm -hmm. He said, hmm. 
Anyone else? Anybody? Bro, no one said a word. Absolutely nobody said a word. No one was willing to give back the billions in overdraft fees. No. Why? Because greed controls us. I've always heard this since I was a kid, man. When there's war, when there's blood on the streets, you mm-hmm. buy real estate. Always. And that's exactly what was going on. Someone said to me, hey, take advantage of this pandemic. Figure out what you can get for you. And that took place. And a lot of people. I mean, there's some things that, yeah. that a lot of these companies, as you can just tell, they took advantage and they did some things that were not exactly fair, that were not humane, because look at what happened for them and the federal government. They hooked them up. And now you won't even do anything. Listen, I'm going to encourage. Well, there, there was, there was, um, I was going to say there was like, if you logged into, I don't know what, who you bank with, but like, um, I'm a say some, yeah. So like there was like Wells Fargo and some other ones that I, I noticed that they, they had like, Hey, COVID relief or something here for more information. So they probably had, I know it's all a show, but they had it advertising. Their- let, let me give you another example. Website. You say that. And let me tell you, it's, here's what she said to, I think it was bank of America. It was so jacked up. She said, now you bank of America, uh, you, you put out these beautiful, she said, you put out these beautiful mm-hmm. ads, these beautiful commercials as to what you they did. Yeah. What you're doing to help the community and give back to the community. Let me say something to your baloney. <laughs> she said, she said, let me say this about all the baloney that you've been posting on your videos and your commercials, beautiful commercials, is instead of using the money, the credits, these, these CITs and CI, uh, CITs and CRIs, all these credits that you get that you are supposed to pump this cash back into the community or help small businesses with loans, we actually saw all of you, your loans to small business were non-existent. You chose not to let anybody borrow money. Or you chose to only let the big guys borrow money, but the little guy, you straight up ignored. You didn't do anything for them. And you say you're here for the community. Okay, if you were here for the community, if you were here to help the people, why did you use those credits to buy back your shares instead Mm -hmm. of pumping it into small business, into minority businesses? Why did you not do that? Bro. Quiet. yeah yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to probably watch that too man it that, that's a very interesting i like watching stuff like that now oh, it's good man stuff, carlos man. let's let's change topics in in <laughs> you know we're on week number i think we're on rule number the seven rules of being successful and yeah. we left off on the last one which is number seven which is be kind something that these banks did not do with the american public and you know, everyone that was looking for assistance, they weren't kind to us, even though the government was kind of kind to them in a way. But um, but basically, but that's it, Alex. That's it. You, you have, you have wrapped it up, man. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, you gotta be kind. Yeah. And that's, that's what leads us to this rule here. And, and, you know, a lot of people have said before, Hey, when you're kind, people take advantage or you're a pushover or you're a, uh, um, you know, a kiss ass or something, or you're doing something. And it's not even about that. I think that 
we all get in a position at one point in our lives that we need a handout or you're looking for somebody to be kind you're going to a new job and you you're scared you don't know what you know where to go or do this you, you may feel a little bit of anxiety and it's always nice when somebody is kind to you or you want to show us like hey don't can, let me show you the the ropes and that's kind of one of the things if if you feel that certain way why not be that person to be kind to other people or when people ask to be helped if you were able to say, yeah, no, do let it. me help you. Yeah, yeah, do it. And, and you know, and there's one thing about uh, taking advantage if you feel like, but here's the thing. If you're just being kind and you're yourself, they're, they're not taking advantage because you put yourself in that situation where you want to help. Mm-hmm. So you're, it's not like they're really taking advantage of you where some people may see it that way. I don't know if you, Get what I'm trying to say? But, oh, I do. But I do. It, I totally yeah, get it. it's like you're not going to be a fool either, right? You're. I'm not yeah. saying be a sucker, right? I'm not saying yeah. be ruthless. I'm saying don't be ruthless, but be rigorous, but also be mm-hmm. kind in the process, right? Instead of just firing somebody, because uh, you know there were some people that I had to let go when the pandemic happened, Alex. I did. Yeah. I had to let go. But what I did was I kept them on payroll for three months. Check this out. I kept them on payroll for three months and I also helped them get a job where they were actually needing somebody else to do that specific job. And I gave them the opportunity to take the equipment that they needed. I wrote them a recommendation. I actually called directly the company to say, here's what's going on. Here's what I've got to do. Here's what I had to do. I know you're looking for this individual. Let me just tell you for a minute from CEO to CEO, here's what you're going to get from this employee, et cetera, et cetera. Look, I could have easily said, Hey, you got to go. Georgia is a no-fault state. Yeah. Georgia is a no-fault state. Deuces, take care of yourself, figure it out. But I didn't do that, right? I had to be rigorous because I had an organization to save, right? I have a business to run and I need to make sure that I do the right thing to keep this business alive, right? However, in the process, I was kind to say, what can I do? How can I maximize my benefits that I can give back to someone else while they bounce back on their own. And every single employee that I had to let go, Alex, I took that process. Look, Papa and Granny, I did that. Why? Because I believe that the key to success is not to be ruthless, not to be a jerk. I'm not saying be stepped on and be taken advantage of. No, but you got to be rigorous. But you also can be kind in that time, right? You can be kind during that process, man. And, 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 and you know, Carlos, just to add to that, is nobody's saying that we don't all struggle and sometimes yeah, we, we can be um, a-holes, right, or, or or something like that, or people may not like our attitude on certain things. We all, we're all humans. We all go through the same things. We have our ups and downs, but the thing is, if you approach it more in a kind way or be available to be more kind to other people is you just, it's the same mindset about, oh, it's Monday. I got to go to work instead of being like, oh, it's Monday. I'm going to be productive. I, I look yeah. forward. It, it is, I got a job. I'm making money or whatever you're doing. If you approach it in a positive light, it'll be more positive a Monday. That's right. Same thing That's with right. this, it, it being kind over most of the time, it's going to be better. It's going to be better on your health as an individual, your mindset health as well. So I think, Yeah, just be kind. I think if people were more kinder, man, this would be a different America.
Yeah, man, I, I do. No, I absolutely agree, Alex, that you've got to be kind. So as we wrap up these these seven, uh, and we'll be done with this, as we wrap up, I, I feel like we uh, we focus a lot on numbers and uh, the top 10 or here's seven rules. Have you noticed that, Alex? We tend to do that Yeah, no, and, and we'll uh, probably do some more opinion bases and stuff like that. But I think we were just trying to- We want to equip you, a, right? We want to give you things that yeah. are helpful to you for sure. Right, Alex? Yeah, for sure. And if you guys don't really like that, just let us know if you guys prefer more opinion based and more other different topics. We're, you know, we're, we're here to learn as well what we do. And we, we do this podcast. It's just a it's a podcast of every life experience. It's not just about finance, even though we like finance personally. It's like we understand that other people may like something different. They like more gossip, more entertainment, because both of us like movies. We like shows. We, we like other, you know, we're into sneakers, we're into other things. So definitely we could talk about other. Thank other God subjects. we didn't talk about our car, our car collections and our car. Uh, yeah, we, we could probably talk a little bit of the history about car clubs and stuff. <laughs> maybe for an episode, we can we can actually maybe dive a little bit deeper into maybe it. We might be able to do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah we, we and just maybe dedicate not not the whole show, but maybe talk about a little bit of of like 30 minutes or 15 minutes of particular stories and, and kind of some of that because it's really fun man i like talking about that maybe not too specific on some things right, just yeah, to yeah, keep yeah, people yeah, yeah. we don't yeah, want to give you keep, old old times either right? yeah, no we'll just keep some people private you know because they, they <laughs> may not want to share because there's people around us that actually know who we are and stuff but yeah man i think it's great i, I think there's a lot of juicy information out there for people who want to get financially more involved in their finance and not just leave it to the government because we all know if, if you leave it to the government we're, we're lost no absolutely absolutely so as we wrap up these these seven keys to to success i would call them uh number one collaborate with others never neglect choose possibilities not problems do yourself checks manage your time, accept responsibility. And last but not least, it may sound cliche, but we just talked about it, is be just kind. Be kind. Gotta be yep. kind. No. I do believe, as Alex has said, okay. we were kinder, the world be a different place, man. Go. No, so, so, Carlos, I know from time to time, you like to talk about small business. And yeah, actually, um, I don't know if you had one in mind, but I've actually got one that I can share. There's, yeah, there's man, a particular... There's there's that particular small place. If you're ever if you guys are ever around Swanee area, there's a there's actually two I want to shout out. There's there's one that's called Beto's Taqueria. It's on a little strip. It's, yeah, it's a it's an authentic. You know my middle Mexican. name is Beto. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 it's it's great. But no, it's it's a guy that that has his business is a, a clean restaurant. It's more of authentic authentic Mexican taco place and they have mm. Mexican subs and burritos and everything. It's Mexican really subs. Oh, like a torta. Tort tortas. Yeah. Oh, tortas good, and good. stuff. Tortas. I'm just, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm Mexican just for, subs. For, I like that. I've never, I've never uh, looked at it that way, Alex, a Mexican sub. That's good. No, well, like you that. know, because some people say it's like, Oh, what, what is it? It's because you say a torta and it's like, well, it's a piece of bread, some, <laughs> some beans, some cheese, some steak. Oh, it's so, a sub. <laughs> so it's so it's like yeah so i call it the mexican sub that's how it's I'll good no reference. i like it i like it i'm gonna i'm gonna use it I'm, it's a sub yeah it's good that's yeah because it was like what is it well, but they were it's, good it's, yeah so it's just I'm like so betos is there you check them out okay. it's, it's a really good place and if you want something that's a little bit higher scale there's um oh. tequila mama's taqueria which is another little mexican spot right at the little downtown swanee area that they have um 
they got some good stuff in there. It, it's uh, it's yeah, you know your average high a little price, but good food, good good service. It's uh, the food is is it's, I mean I, I like it. We we tend to if we're in the area, which is sometimes often for businesses or, or meetings, we will like to stop there and and eat their food. Yeah, no, no, no. I I will say. Uh, I definitely want to try that tequila mama, man. Uh, you know, I love, love restaurants, love food. I think we've talked about this. Alex is a big fan. Uh, if yeah, there's a, if there's been a all business, over Georgia. Yeah. Oh so, man. If, if there's a business, a lot of spots. I, I think I told you uh, last week I was in Savannah, Alex, and I barely made it back for us to, to film our uh, most recent podcast, but I was in Savannah for a week. I was at a conference and I think I talked about that, you know, the Delta senior VP was there and it was a good conference. Yeah, anyway, yeah. all that to say, I found a fantastic man, fantastic Asian restaurant. I love some good Asian food, but these guys, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. If Let's I was save it. Let's save it. Let's save hungry, it. Alex, but I, I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. You know what? Save I'll it. hold it. Leave it there. If any of you go to Savannah, you got to listen to next week's show. And uh, I'll give you the name of this restaurant because it was fantastic. okay. So what's a what's a quote of the day? Yeah, man, this comes from Herman Cain. Uh, may, may he, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, certainly, uh, a guy over throughout the years that we saw on television, uh, very involved in politics. I believe he's a Republican uh, for sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, he said something that was really good that I certainly wanted to share today. He says, "Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success." So if you love what you're doing, you'll be successful. I'll say it again. Success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. So if you love what you're doing, you'll be successful. My name's Carlos. This is Alex. Thanks for tuning into the show, guys. Peace, guys. Peace.